This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Today, we're going to celebrate what I call Baptism Sunday. Amen. Amen. This is one of the most powerful things that a believer can do is to follow Jesus in the waters of baptism. And uh, before I baptize some people, I'd like to just give a little bit of instruction and let you know why we do this, why we baptize. So why don't you find two or three people, give them a handshake, a hug, or if they're your wife, give her a kiss, and go ahead and take your seats. Amen? God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, band. Thank you, Pastor Bonnie. And if you open your Bibles with me, uh, we're going to just look at a couple of scriptures. I'm not going to preach long because we have some baptisms to do. But, uh, and I'm, uh, I apologize for being a little bit late today. Uh, but we had, uh, I think, nearly 70 baptisms in the first service. So uh, that's a lot of people that needed to get, be baptized. So uh, after last week's teaching, last week I taught on the subject of baptism Many people said, listen, I want to follow. In fact, 120 people said, I want to be baptized. Now, not everybody was able to uh, show up for baptism today, but we'll do this over the next few months, and uh, we'll get everybody baptized. But today, we want to celebrate people. We want to celebrate those that are being baptized, but we want to understand completely what we're doing. And so let me just refresh your memory. In Romans chapter 6, Verses 4 through 14, the Bible says, Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. So that Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been joined together in his likeness, in the likeness of his death, so shall also, we shall, excuse me, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be destroyed. That from now on we should not serve sin. For he who died has been justified from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that when Christ was raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once. But in that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, count yourselves also to be truly dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you shall obey its lusts. Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as one alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. You know, I love this passage of Scripture, and it speaks of our identification with Christ. It speaks of what is going to happen today right here in these baptismal pools. It speaks of your past, your present, and your future. Your past We were all sinners. We were all doomed to death. And as 
the candidates go down into the water of, bap into the water of baptism, their past is left behind. Their death, their burial, and their resurrected, their present is into a newness of life. Then it says that there's a future. As Christ was raised from the dead for an eternal purpose, so you and I also know that in our death, burial, and resurrection, we're freed from sin for an eternal purpose, to be with him forever. That's pretty important stuff, don't you think? And that's what we're doing in the waters of baptism. Now, baptism, although it doesn't save you, it is a very important step, a step of obedience. And I believe that there is power in baptism. You know, uh, I'm reminded of the story in the book of Acts where Philip, a young preacher, he was preaching in Samaria and he'd gone down to Samaria and he's having a revival there and there's signs and there's wonders, there's miracles, there's people being healed, there's demons being cast out and in the middle of this he's confronted by a sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer and he leads Simon to the Lord and, and in the middle of this revival, this amazing revival, the Holy Spirit tells him, I want you to leave the revival and I want you to go to the desert. And, and, and he leaves a revival and he goes to the middle of a desert and by a God incidence, God guiding him, somehow out in the middle of this whole desert, he meets a chariot. He sees a chariot and, and the Spirit of God says, go draw yourself near to that chariot. And he goes near to this chariot and there's a, an Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible says that he was the treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia, Queen Candace. And he's sitting in his chariot and he's reading the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53. And as Philip draws near to the chariot, he hears him reading Isaiah 53. And he says, hey, sir. I don't, I'm not sure he said, hey, sir, but... I, uh, but, he, but he, he, he got the guy's attention and he said, hey, listen, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand unless somebody teaches me? He says, well, you just happen to have someone who knows all about that book standing right here. He says, hop on in and teach me. And I want you to see what happened here because it's very interesting in the scriptures to see what happened. The Ethiopian eunuch instructs Philip to join the chariot, come on in, and, and, and as Philip begins to explain, listen to what the Bible says. In Acts 8.35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached the gospel of Jesus to him. Man, I'm going to tell you something. He started at Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. And it says that he started right there where that guy was at, and he preached Jesus Christ to him. And it says, and as they passed along the way, they came on to some water, 
And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Boy, this guy was a quick study. Philip was a good preacher, I can tell you that. He's already got him believing in Jesus and gonna want to be baptized. Philip said, well, now listen to this. How many, how many of you know that baptism doesn't save you? Listen to what Philip says. He says, if you believe with all your heart, it is lawful. So he, the question was, what prevents me from being baptized? There's water here. What prevents me from being baptized? If you believe with all your heart, it is lawful. And listen to what this eunuch said. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Man, I'm going to tell you something. This is the picture of salvation right here. He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, and I, 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 one day I have to ask the Lord about this. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, but he went on his way rejoicing. I, I love this story, and, and there's some things that we need to see in it that are very, very important. First of all, we have to understand that the eunuch went under the water, and when he came up out of the water, he had been baptized. Of course, Philip wasn't there. I don't know how that worked, but I... Jesus, when he was baptized, and John the Baptist baptized him, said that he went under the water and he came up out of the water. When he came up out of, and, and you can't come up out of something if you haven't been down in it. And that's why we believe in immersion, and that's why we believe in uh, baptism, as the Greek word describes a baptizo, to fully submerse, as opposed to sprinkling. We also believe that it's for believers. It's for those who believe. Repent, believe, and be baptized. Now, I want you to understand, and I want to say it again, it's not necessary to be baptized to be saved. But I do believe it is necessary for a person to be baptized if they're going to obey their Savior, Jesus Christ. See, two things I want you to understand. The first thing is that when Jesus came to start his ministry, what did he do? It says he came to the Jordan River, and there he was baptized. Remember, John the Baptist saw him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when Jesus came and stepped into the water, John says, No, 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 I'm not going to baptize you. You baptize me. He says, I know who you are. And Jesus said, No, no, no. He says, This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. I've, I've taught about this before. This is important. And as he was baptized, it says that as he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And immediately the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days. And then he began his ministry. He began his ministry. Jesus began his ministry at the waters of baptism. Then... After the death, after the burial, after the resurrection of Jesus, as Jesus had spent 40 days with his disciples and was about to ascend to go to heaven, the Bible tells us that his last words were found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. He says, therefore, 
Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I command you, and behold, I'm with you all days until the end of the world. If Jesus began his ministry with baptism, and if he finished his ministry with baptism, I don't think we should ignore this. In fact, we dare not minimize what Jesus so emphasized. He began his ministry with baptism, and before he departed to go to his Father in heaven, he commanded us to be baptized and to baptize. He started and ended his ministry with water baptism. We can't minimize this. Why is it so important? Well, water baptism represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection, not only of Christ, but of you. When you become water baptized, you're identifying with the death of Christ. When you become water baptized, you're saying, I'm dying to myself. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who will live in me. You're dying to a sin-filled life, and you're living a life that says, I refuse to sin any longer. I'm going to live and yield myself to righteousness. Now, it doesn't mean you won't sin again, but we're not expecting you to sin. We're expecting you to yield to righteousness. Water baptism proclaims your identification with Christ publicly. It's like wearing a wedding ring. A ring doesn't make me married, but it proclaims to everyone that I am married. It's a public display that I am married. This is a picture of water baptism. Water baptism is a picture of identification. I'm no longer identifying with this world. I'm turning my back on the world. I'm identifying with Christ. I'm identifying with his kingdom. I'm identifying with life eternal. And I'm identifying with Christ himself. Today, we have candidates. We have men and women who have decided that they want to publicly identify with Christ. They want to publicly come out and identify. I'm, I'm shocked. You know, we have people all over the world coming out about their sexuality. Well, guess what? We're coming out about our identification as Christians, as Christ. We're going to love Christ and love Him with all of our hearts. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.